Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, gorgeous, intelligent, extremely hardworking, <laughs> best of the Hyperion Adventures <laughs> Podcast, love and wife and co-host, Michelle. Well, thank you, honey. And I'm here with my gorgeous, very hardworking, wonderful husband, Tom. So nice to be here. And yes, we are together in the same room once again. (laughs) We are together in Florida. I'm just going to get it right out of the way right now. That is my favorite thing from this week. The fact that we are finally back together after about a month apart on different coasts. 31 days. (laughs) She knew exactly. (laughs) I just knew it was a long time, but uh, we are back together Unfortunately, because we were so busy this week, Michelle doing really, really seriously hard work trying to wrap up our affairs in San Diego, me just working at the post office, ho-hum, whatever. Um, (laughs) Very hard. We decided that as we kind of warned possibly last week that maybe this week it might be best to do a best of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Yeah, I mean, part of that is that we really like to put out good content and... I did some research, but I never felt like it was complete and just really didn't want to, you know, put out something that was just a partial good. Does that make sense? Yes, it totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Michelle, you should you should know that Michelle was just racking her head with trying to close out our home in San Diego and get things done and get out here in a timely manner. And she did a spectacular job. Oh, and so... Um, uh, unfortunately, we were. She was planning on doing a research piece this week, and it just uh, we just didn't have the time to do it. So, um, we decided that what we're going to do is, um, you know, it's summer, and as we heard in our five favorite summer <laughs> songs from uh, a couple weeks ago, that well, you know, there's a television show that tends to focus on summer that we really love, and we thought yeah. we might revisit that episode. Right. Uh, what has become such a beloved. <laughs> cartoon for us to watch and that Scott adores too, uh, Phineas and Ferb. Yes. So we're going to do our uh, look back, our Phineas and Ferb appreciation episode. I believe that episode was recorded or um, did play on August 23rd of 2020. So nearly two years ago, two years and a little little under 11 months or mm-hmm. one year and a little under 11 months ago. So it's been a while. So maybe you haven't heard it or you haven't heard it in a long time, but it's got a lot of great music in that episode and it's just, it's just a fun show. Yeah, but we do have some news stories and tips for this episode. Yeah, too. I mean, we like new to even news. even when we do these best ofs, we do like to provide you with some sort of new content. Like this is new right here, and we always try and give you a tip. Could be a recycled tip, you never know. <laughs> but a tip at the end. And Michelle actually did do some research on some Disney stories, so we're going to get to those too. Before we get to all that. Thank you for listening today in the future. By the way, we were recording this episode or at least a portion of this episode on Sunday, July 10th, 2022. Again, the original episode that you'll hear the bulk of the main topic was uh, recorded on August 23rd of 2020. But uh, thank you for joining us today in the future. You can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. The very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, we'd love you to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. I hear Michelle is taking over the newsletter, so it should be interesting to see what sort of (laughs) 
<laughs> tweaks and uh, fun stuff she adds to it. I'm sure she'll do a much better job than I've yeah, done I with it, but so. it'll be great <laughs> either way coming up in the future. You're so kind. When it comes to writing, your skill set is by far uh, better than mine. No. It seeds mine tremendously. You're going to do a great job. You're going to add that nice Michelle touch to it. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. Uh, another great way to stay involved with us is on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Yeah, such a wonderful uh, group. I, I keep we're saying the word group a lot, but just such a wonderful bunch of folks that have joined. And if you haven't, we really love you to join. If you have, we'd love for you to tell a friend about it. Yeah, um, we just love interacting with you, and that's a great way to do it. All positive energy, all a lot of Disney energy, but just right. positive life energy, and it's just a lot of fun. Also, we do have a YouTube channel. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you for whatever reason, um, whether it's just to say hi, give some feedback, ask questions, whatever. We yep. love hearing from you. Yep, absolutely. And if you'd like to get a little swag and help support this show, well, there's a couple great ways to do that. The first is through our Spreadshirt shop. Uh, you just go there and check out all the different items that we have with our various different logos. And we get a portion of anything you might purchase. Uh, it's, it's just a great way to kind of you know, help get this show going, help pay for some of our monetary fees that we have required to get this show out to you on a weekly basis. But also you get some fantastic swag out of it. All you got to do is go to Spreadshirt.com, do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast, or if you go to any of our social media profile pages, we have a Linktree account there. There's a link straight to it uh, through that way. Yeah, some really great things. And as we've said recently, they've added some new things to choose from. So uh, if you haven't checked it out recently, give it a shot. Yeah, Michelle just got some brand new swag yeah. out of from their Spreadshirt shop. I was checking it out. It looks pretty good. So uh, definitely all, all sorts of, if, if you've been there already and seen this stuff, uh, there's new stuff coming all the time, like Michelle said. So uh, definitely go back and check it out. Another great way to support this show and get some swag out of it is to become a Patreon member. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Hyperion Adventures podcast and find a tier that's right for you. Tier start as low as $2 and you get some swag out of it, various different other items. Um, and we appreciate everybody who's already become a Patreon member. You are the best to yeah. us. <laughs> very, you are the very best. You're all the best. We love you all. We appreciate you all. So uh, we already talked about our favorite things from this week. But that doesn't mean that we don't want you to share your favorite things from every week with us. And when you do that, we will share them on our show. Again, our favorite thing definitely from this week. I don't think it's even close was just finally being back together. Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, like it was just walking out of, you know, the airport and seeing you there and being able to give you a big hug yeah. for the first time in forever. For the first time in forever. Okay, we're okay, just, yeah. we're already scaring everybody yes. away. <laughs> we do have a lot of stuff for you this week. After our main topic, Michelle, tell the listeners what you have planned for them. Well, we're going to tell you about the newest Avengers installment and doesn't matter which coast of the U.S. that you're on. There's going to be some zombie fun that you can take part in. And if you like warm hugs, 
Well, there's a story that's definitely going to bring you some happiness. Wow, very cool. Michelle's Disney Stories of the Week, always the best Disney (laughs) Stories of the Week. And we'll get to those right after our main topic. But enough. Let's go ahead and look back. August 23rd, 2020. It's summer all over the world as we go straight into our Phineas and Ferb appreciation episode, Best of Hyperion Adventures podcast. There's 104 days of summer vacation, and school comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend it. Like maybe building a rocket or fighting a mummy or climbing up the Eiffel Tower. Discovering something that doesn't exist or giving a monkey a shower. Surfing tidal waves, creating nanobots, or locating Frankenstein's brain. It's over here! Finding a dodo bird, painting a continent, or driving our sister insane. As you can see, there's a whole lot of stuff to do before school starts this fall. Come on, Barry! So stick with us, cause Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all. So stick with us, cause Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all. Michelle are making a Phineas and Ferb episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. This is our Phineas and Ferb appreciation episode. Caught caught Michelle off guard with that one there. That's funny. She didn't know I was doing that. Um, Yeah. uh, So we fell in love with this show actually recently, uh, even though it had been out for more than a decade or whatever. And um, we had some friends and family members who told us it was a great show. And we didn't listen to them. And we did not listen to them (laughs) one little bit. Uh, But recently we were flipping around on, uh, you know, Disney XD or whatever before Disney Plus had come out. And we caught the Star Wars And I'll be talking about that shortly. And, uh, And we just kind of... Started watching a few, fell in love with it. Our son, Scott, he, it's one of his favorite right. shows. We put it on for him regularly in the evening. He enjoys it very much. We enjoy it together as a family. And if you're listening, if you're coming in and, and listening to this episode and hopefully, you know, uh, a whole episode on Phineas and Ferb, why, you know, and yeah. we're going to try and go through it and explain to you why we love this show so much and why we think that. You may love it too if you've never experienced it before or if you have and enjoyed it yourself. Maybe some things that kind of may bring a little bit more to it for you or we'll just kind of relive some great moments. (laughs) All right. I'm taking up too much of it. Yes. And by the way, this all has to deal with uh, uh, Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace Against the Universe coming out on Disney Plus this week, this coming Friday on the 28th. And so that's what led us to this. So now that I've I've stolen most of (laughs) Michelle's thunder, let's get to her. She was excited (laughs) to talk all about this. So let's get to uh, her presentation uh, of our Phineas and Ferb appreciation show. Oh, how funny. Sorry, I don't mean to pull the hook on you there. No, 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 absolutely. I'm stealing your thunder and I don't ever want to do that. So um, I don't have a Phineas and Ferb shirt. Um, but I did wear my Comic-Con shirt today because that's actually um, where I had the opportunity to first meet that panel. I think it was in 2015. I'm not positive of that. But anyways, um, the interesting thing is I was uh, going into that room at Comic-Con actually to hear the next presentation. And if you've ever been to Comic-Con or know about Comic-Con, you know, you get kind of like squatters, right? So once you're in a room, they won't kick you out. 
um, but you might not get in a room mm-hmm. if it's already full or whatever. If so it's a really popular panel or right. whatever. And if you're in the room, you can gradually work your way closer to the front as people leave. They've seen the panel they want. They go and they're like, okay, I'll take that seat up there. Right. You virtually move your way up if you are willing to stay in that room for longer. Exactly. So this was uh, also my first experience at Comic-Con. So I was such a newbie and trying to maneuver it. But I, this one particular room that I wanted to see a presentation first was the Phineas and Ferb panel. And again, I had, I had heard of the show. I thought it looked ridiculous. I (laughs) was like, all right, let me sit through this panel. And so the interesting thing, as we sit here today, I remember that panel. I remember the passion that came out from all the actors and writers that were on that panel. I remember them crying and sharing that love together of because they they that was the sh- they knew the show was already done uh it was kind of like a wrap up and i remember that so vividly i have no clue what the topic of the panel i actually went in that room for <laughs> <laughs> but i do remember the Phineas and Ferb p- panel and i re- i think i remember telling you like yeah. wow that was really powerful seeing them you could tell they had such love for this show. Um, and again, that along with family telling us that this is a good show, we still ignored it because again, <laughs> for a couple still, more years, yeah. yeah, still very like judgy of a book by its cover and just thought they looked weird and didn't give it a chance. And like you said, we did. Yeah. And we love it. So. I, re- I remember I, I couldn't go. I had to work that day or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so you went. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son Nick went right. uh, to the Comic-Con that day. I think you guys weren't in the same room that, at that time. No, no. Uh, but uh, you came back and you told me about it and how, most, and how it made you emotional as right, well. And how yeah. you loved it. And, we were thinking, and you said, maybe we should watch this show. But then we never still got around to it until we stumbled across an episode a couple years later. Right. You know, and the sad thing is... Now that we do know the show, we know the writers um, and the, or the creators. We don't know them personally, but of them and and of the characters. One of them liked one of our tweets, a couple of our tweets this week. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Swampy. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, I think had if I had the knowledge I have today going into that, I probably would have been a basket case after that. Cause it, it oh, would yeah. have been very, knowing you, yeah. yeah, it would have knowing been, me if I had it, been like I you. said, it was, it touched me not even knowing anything about them. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had known, I would have been one Gaga about being in the room with them and just loving their story. So yeah, for sure. As you said, though, uh, we're really doing this episode uh, in reverence of the upcoming movie that sounds like it's going to be amazing. Uh, And hopefully people are staying, like you said, to listen, because if you have seen Phineas and Ferb, whether you like it or not, hopefully there will still be some fun things in this show for you. Uh, If you don't know it, hopefully this gives you some things that can really help you give the movie a chance even Mm -hmm. and really get something out of it. Because again, uh, this is a great show. The characters are awesome. Uh, Everybody that's involved in the production of it really put everything that they can on it. And it's a, it's a wonderful Disney type of show. Yeah. And it hits uh, as like so many shows, like if you like DuckTales, the new DuckTales or whatever, several of the shows, 
it hits multi-generations. You know, there are jokes and, and visuals that will hit your kids. There are jokes and visuals that will hit your teens and tweens. And there are jokes and visuals that will hit adults. And it, it just runs the gamut that right. you'll love. And I'm sure you'll just talk more about that here. Exactly. So as we kind of mentioned, the creators of the show uh, originally were uh, Dan Povenmire and Jeff Swampy Marsh. Uh, they had actually been working together on various shows uh, like The Simpsons and Nickelodeon series, uh, Rocco's Modern Life. So they had some experience of working together on an animation type of a show anyways. But um, their idea of this uh, actually was a brainchild first of Dan's and it grew from there. So um, the funny thing is he really, and we have, I think, a clip for this of him describing his first drawing of Phineas. Phineas was the first one I did and he was literally just, I wonder if I can draw a character who looks like a triangle because I'd worked on a lot of shows with different shapes, you know, and a friend of mine was pitching a show that had square headed characters and I, I didn't find it really appealing, but I was really, oh, that's really cool that he's coming up with, he's trying different geometric shapes. And so I was sitting at a, in a restaurant in South Pasadena and they had butcher paper on the table with like a little can of crayons for you to doodle while you're, while you're waiting. And I drew Phineas by trying to draw a character. Like, I wonder if I could draw somebody who looked like a triangle. And I drew him and I loved it. And I drew him three, three more times, took it home. And I drew the rest of the characters that night and took it to work the next day. And Swampy and I created the whole show from, from those original drawings. That was me trying to do something that I had not seen before. I think it's always good to, to do something new and different. But also, he just appealed to me when I saw, saw it. I, do, I draw all the time. I'm constantly doodling. And uh, occasionally, I'll see something that really sticks in my brain. I was like, oh, I think I should do something with that. And that was, that was what I felt about Phineas. Literally, I drew him. My wife said, ooh, who is that? And I said, and this is a direct quote, I said, that's Phineas. This is the show I'm going to sell someday. I literally realized that this is a character that looks so unique that, that we should do it. So uh, I, I love that story. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, you can find online a picture of the butcher block paper where he drew Phineas three times. And we'll times. put it on the YouTube video, by the way. Right. And and by the way, Michelle did another PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> so she made my job a little bit easier when I'm editing the video. That I'm going to abuse her slides again like I did last week for the presentation. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, I'm a geek. So, uh, <laughs> but the interesting thing is he, he did that, but that show actually didn't air for 13 years. And, you know, and that one is an inspirational story that um, Dan Povenmire uses, you know, for people who are creative, who are looking at outlets of trying to have some kind of uh, animated show that it, don't give up that it might not be the first time you're presenting it. And he, you know, and he has described in interviews how he has, he had made presentations uh, to a lot of organizations, a lot of companies, you know, and sometimes got more and more interest as it went up the ladder and then other times not. Disney actually said no the first time. And it wasn't until a year later where they actually invited him back to come talk about it and, and eventually did mm -hmm. um, purchase that the rights to that. So, but the interesting thing is then when he went to work with Disney, he did notice that there was some elements that um, made it kind of difficult or, or different. Um, the, the interesting thing is he, Dan worked with um, storyboarding, which 
was something that Disney had in their history of how they did movies. They just didn't necessarily see it as a way to do TV shows. Um, But the other issue had to do with the voices, you know, having the, the executive producers actually do voices in it and music. So if we could take a listen to his interview talking about this. I do the voice of Dr. Doofenshmirtz on the show. He's the, he's sort of the, the antagonist of the series and they weren't going to, I did it in the pilot and they were still wanted me to audition other people to do this in the show because they had a rule that uh, their executive producers did not do voices on the show on their shows. And I was like, so where does that rule come from? I, I don't know. It was just, it's just a rule that we've had at, uh, at Disney. And, and, and I said, well, how's that rule working out for you? Is it gaining you the people, you know, the, the, the talent that you want? Is, is it attracting the talent that you want? For instance, if Seth MacFarlane came in here and said he wanted to do voices on his own show, would you say, I'm sorry, our executive producers don't do that. And they were like, Oh, um, I don't know why we do that. Okay, well, maybe you can do the do the voice. It was the same thing. We wrote the theme song, and they were like, "We," but our executive producers don't write songs on the show, and we're like, uh, "Well, why is that?" I don't know. It's just a rule. So, is it a rule that we could we could get around? And they were like, "I don't know." We wrote the theme song, and we wrote uh, the Gitchy Gitchy Goose song for the for the Flop Stars episode, and we wrote the Perry the Platypus theme, and we played it for them at like the third pitch of the episodes. And suddenly they were like, we really like these songs. Can you write a song for every single episode? And we were like, yes, we can. And that's how I ended up writing three or 400 songs for Disney in, over, over a period of 10 years. Yeah, and they are great songs. Are. I mean, they, they really, really are. are amazing. They're, there's a very eclectic collection throughout all their episodes of music. And, you know, they, they hit on different genres of music. And anybody can appreciate, you know, their songs. They're really great. And they're funny and heartwarming, et cetera. So. And they, some of them make you think. There's some really interesting, like, you know, um brilliant things that are brought up within the songs that maybe you didn't know about, but it's really intelligent stuff that's that's right being described through their music. Right. And they, and they use songs to help the, the storyline along. They use songs to make fun of themselves or laugh at themselves, which is great. Um, and you know, even for the upcoming movie we saw on the trailer, the, uh, song, uh, such a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. And it really, it's hilarious because they make reference to, storylines that took place you know during the series well that's one of the things and i don't know if you're going to get to this but one of the things that's great about the show is how meta it is that it will often you know without going overboard on it it'll reference itself it'll make fun of itself right it'll make fun of you know how long the summer really was because there were (laughs) more than 104 days of episodes worth of stuff so you know there's just a lot of fun that you can pick up as you go through uh watching the show Definitely. So, you know, you may be asking yourself, you know, especially if you're an adult listener without kids, um, which is not, which is different than a parent without kids. kids. (laughs) Talk about meta. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyways, it it, it still is a very fun and entertaining show to watch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here are just some of the reasons why you might find this show very entertaining. You know, one, as we talked about, is the music. It's, it's got very catchy music a lot of times, you know. Um, it's edutainment. 
as you mentioned, uh, you learned some things in the, the shows. Uh, they, they are very, very well written in that regards. Um, it has smart humor. It doesn't talk down to kids. You know, it really elevates the level of humor. And, and like you said, it throws in adult type of humor as well. Um, so it, it hits both kids and, and adults. It also still will have some basic, you know, slapstick humor that kids will may enjoy right, and get yes. a kick out of as well. So Right. Uh, a lot of references to pop culture right. throughout a lot. And in fact, there, um, and I went back and looked at the list, there's, there's almost 20 episodes where they have references to Star Wars. They are big Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also do a lot of uh, references to uh, 80s and 90s pop culture in there. So it, it, you know, you'll see things throughout their, their series that you'll, you know, attached to because of, you know, your life experiences as well. Um, they have endearing characters, For you sure. know, they really are characters that y- you can uh, feel good about watching them and seeing what they're doing in their life. Not just endearing, they're multidimensional. I mean, and not just the shapes of, the, you know, <laughs> they are, uh, they are very interesting characters that have, uh, you know, a lot of different true feelings. They a lot of different levels, people that, you know, you may watch one episode and think oh, this character is is such and such, right. you know. But as you watch four, five, six, seven, eighty more episodes, uh, you will find out that there are various different levels to virtually every single character you run across. Exactly, exactly. And they do a lot to break stereotypes, mm-hmm. and you know, really, again, um, you know, like you said, have depths to the type of things that those characters do. Mm-hmm. The other nice element about this show is they have great choreography. <laughs> they do dance numbers like you wouldn't believe. Yep. And, <laughs> and whether it's, you know, pup dancing, you know, or if it's, you know, Broadway style, like rock cats come out and everything. It's hilarious. Yeah. But they do a lot of wonderful dance routines and great choreography throughout. Um, and as, as we mentioned a couple times now, it's a, it's a great family show. Mm-hmm. It really does, you know, hit a lot of age groups. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, whether, you know, it's boys or girls. It, it's, it just does, it does hit a lot of attraction to a lot of different uh, you know, age groups. Yeah. Again, there's various levels to it. It'll hit every single person in the room in some way. Not maybe not every episode, but there right. will be episodes that you will find the humor in. You will, it will touch your heart. It will uh, make you think. Uh, it's you know for a, for what's basically a kids show. Right. There's just so many, and I, I already mentioned it. There's just so many levels to it. Right. And you know, hey, if people have already watched everything that's out there on Disney Plus or Netflix or Hulu or whatever, why not give Phineas and Ferb a chance? Yeah. It's a very bingeable show. Usually uh, most episodes are two parts. So, you know, like a 12 minute segment and another 12 minute right. segment. So you can watch half of an episode. You can watch the full episode, yes. whatever the case may be. Um, some storylines carry on for longer than that, but most of them are, are about like that. Right, right. So uh, just to introduce people who haven't seen it uh, to the cast. And, and there's a, there's, it's a great cast, as we mentioned, and there's a lot of people really going to focus on the main ones, the ones where this, that really, again, drive the storyline for the most part. So obviously the first ones are Phineas and Ferb themselves. And, you know, they're two uh, stepbrothers that are living together and they're the ones that are involved in kind of starting the storyline of, of, of what is going to be done that day. It's a summer day and you got to do something that's 
big and exciting. Yeah, make every day the best day ever, essentially. Right, exactly. And they're joined by their sister, their older sister, Candice. Uh, she plays a 15-year-old. Um, and she's very, very much preoccupied with wanting her brothers to get in trouble for all these outlandish things that they do. So she's big into busting her brothers. Um, she may be crazy at times. <laughs> she's a little high-strung teen, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but still, her love of the family does come through. Um, and her brothers. Uh, her brothers, yeah. right. And there are some episodes, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this later, too. But there are some episodes that, you know, it really uh, expresses that even more so. That, you know, uh, one of the things with Candace is when she's working with her brothers on something, uh, they all seem to come together and, and have great success. It's more when she's kind of resisting what they're doing and not get, being in the moment with them that she uh, finds all her craziness and, you know, neuroses coming yes. through. <laughs> she has some neuroses. Uh, I, I find her such an interesting character because you, you know, the fact that she's like, her life's goal is set out to essentially bust her brother. Right. You know, it, she seems like she should be the antagonist and that you should really dislike her right, and be rooting right. against her. And yes, for the most part, you probably are rooting against her. But there are many times you are almost rooting for her to succeed. Right. And if not in that, then the other aspects of her life. Uh, and that's what, you know, uh, talking about characters with depth, I think that right. she has... Uh, an insane amount of depth. You know, when the first time is a few times I watched it, I'm like, oh, I'm really going to dislike it, her. You know? right. And the more we watch her, the more uh, she became a favorite character of mine. And I yeah. know Michelle. Oh my God. Yes, I Candace. do her. I, lo I love her. I, I really can connect with her <laughs> and how she handles things or, or where her brain goes, her initial thought of things. Uh, totally on board with her on that. And uh, so excited. The new movie is really going to feature her mm -hmm. and feature um, actually in a different way where uh, her brothers actually have to come to her rescue. Right. So that I'm looking forward to that. Um, For sure. You know, she's, she plays, you know, kind of your typical teenager of, she does like a boy in it and, you know, she's always wanting to impress him and always, you know, kind of talks about, uh, it shows some of the struggles of that insecurity right. uh, as a teenager, sure. you know, am I going to be as an adult? Right. True. You know, am I going to be accepted, you know, and, uh, and she has, she has friendships and it, it shows a lot of the, the dynamics of that. So uh, like you said, she's an awesome character and mm -hmm. I could go on and on about her. She could. Yeah, I really could. But I'm, and I'm glad she's going to have, have a starring role in this upcoming movie, but we'll move on. Mm -hmm. So another, uh, by the way, uh, voiced by Ashley Tisdale, who you may know from the, um, the high school musical right. uh, films that she, she starred in among other things that right. she's done as well. Yeah, she's great. Mm -hmm. She does an amazing job. And just listening to some of the, uh, soundtracks of the in the trailer and everything she just really got right back into mm -hmm. that Candace mode uh, and is brilliant in yeah, it definitely for sure so the next main character uh, that plays a lot of how emotions come through in the storyline is Isabella yes uh, so, uh, she is a fireside girl, which is, you know, plays on the, the whole Girl Scout theme and everything. Um, and she definitely does have a love interest in 
Phineas. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> very much so. Um, interestingly, she's named after Dan's oldest daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a, that's a, that's a little Michelle fun, fun fact. fact. Yes. <laughs> Michelle always has the best fun facts. But um, again, it really shows depth of her uh, being a strong individual, uh, being, a, you know, somebody who can be caring and loving, uh, you know, trying to help people through things uh so again another real great depth to her character uh from what we're hearing about in the new movie she's um really showing her her strength uh that's going to come out into that mm-hmm. into that movie so looking forward to that For but sure. um we do have a little sound clip here of dan talking a little bit about her in summer belongs to you we actually have phineas give up which he's which he's never done and it was specifically so that this scene would happen because Isabella, who is in love with Phineas, took him to, the, to Paris and, uh, because it's the city of love. And she tried to sort of show him how romantic everything is. And he just wasn't paying attention because he was trying to solve this problem. And now they crash landed on a, uh, a de- desert island. And she's just been dejected this whole, for the last like 20 minutes. And she's sort of crying by herself and and... Ferb comes over just to, t- to console her a little bit. And she says, you know, Ferb, I was in the most romantic place in the world and he did not even notice me. I just feel so de- defeated. Look, even now he's still trying to solve this problem. And, he, and Phineas is over there trying to figure out a way to get off this island. You know, like, oh, we could, we could do this. No, we can't do that. We can, you know, like, and everything he's coming up with is coming up blank. And Isabella looks to Ferb and says, you know, and I would just give anything in the world if he would just sit down next to me and watch this beautiful sunset because the sun's setting the thing and the sun is also our ticking clock because he's got got to get home before the sun goes down in order to win this bet and phineas comes over next to her and says says, or we can dig a no we can i don't and he sits down next to her and he says i guess we can't do it well at least we can watch this beautiful sunset together and he turns to her and she does not take that. This is the thing she's wanted more than anything in the world. But instead, she says, no, we are not going to watch this beautiful sunset. That is not the guy that I fell into this situation with. You're going to see me. And she talks to him and she talks him up. And it's more important to her that he is the person that he is than for her to get what she wants. And that like, I'm crying right now when I describe it. It's uh, it's to me that's a great turn. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm tearing up now hearing <laughs> this again. <laughs> and uh, I we watched. I don't know if you saw it, but I watched it because they're doing a marathon this mm-hmm. weekend of Phineas and Ferb on, Disney, Burp, Channel, on yeah. Disney Channel. And not like we can't stream it yeah. at Disney Plus, but hey. <laughs> Anyways, um, they did play this episode. Saw that you know that particular scene again. It brought tears to my eyes. Um, just knowing again when I, when I, as I was mentioning, the people associated with this series have their heart on their sleeve writing. And I'm not trying to make it sound like every episode is deep because it really it if you just watch it for its the superficial part it's hysterical and and it's a great entertaining but when you can really learn to appreciate these characters and what they mean and what they mean to each other and how they bring the best out of each other then you can love this show at an even deeper part of your 
your soul. Yeah, and we should have probably said before that, uh, spoiler alert for Summer Belongs to You, if you haven't seen those uh, that series of episodes yet. But um, Well, that didn't really give it away. It didn't really give ending. away everything. It yeah. just gave away a key moment in there, but it didn't give away everything. Yeah, I could... Knowing that moment, I could still watch it over and over oh, yeah, and, of course. and love for it, sure, for you sure. know, and, and I think even now, you know, like after we heard that interview where he, where, you know, Dan said this, um, it, it made me appreciate it even a hundred percent more. Oh yeah, completely. You know? And uh, yeah, watching it again after hearing that interview, um, totally gave me a different viewpoint. Right. So good. Exactly. So the last main characters of the series are Perry the Platypus <laughs> and Doofenshmirtz. Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Didn't go to either doctor school. <laughs> not for you to call him, for you to call him Mr. So, um, you know, uh, so Perry is a um, spy that lives with the Flynn family, who lives with, um, you know, Finn, Phineas and Ferb and Candace. And the family and the boys don't know anything about Perry's behind the scenes life. They just see him as a platypus that does nothing. Doesn't do much. Doesn't do much. And they mention that a <laughs> but lot. He, but he does disappear every day. Right, right. <laughs> for some, but it's expected. They're like, oh, where'd he go? Right. Oh, there you are. Um, but his whole mission in each episode is really to defeat um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz with his evil plans. Um, and Dr. Doofenshmirtz, he's one of these, he's like a, a klutzy kind of evil scientist that it's funny because all of his inventions do work, but they just don't work for him. Right. <laughs> but his whole goal is to become leader of the tri-state area. Right. <laughs> so, um, and so a typical show has a, a very similar pattern, you know, not, not a hundred percent of their shows, but most of their shows, uh, as we mentioned, it's summer vacation. The two boys, um, are sitting outside and they, want to start the day by planning what are they going to do that day. Um, they're, they're aided by a small band of their friends, you know, Isabella being one of them, but there are some others. Um, and their older sister Candace is usually spying on them, trying to figure out what they're going to be doing that she has to bust them for. And then simultaneously to that, you have the other storyline, which is Perry and, and Dr. Doofenshmirtz. I can never say it. It's a tough one. To <laughs> it say. is. Dr. Doofenshmirtz um, having this conflict between them on, you know, Perry's trying to defeat him. And at the end, the, the storylines intersect and... Quite often. Not every time. Right. Quite often. And then whatever that is happening that they're involved with, with Perry's actions, it makes the things the boys worked on disappear so, so that... Um, Candace can't bust her brothers because right. the evidence disappears. Stuff always disappears or right. something goes wrong right at the moment when she's about to bust them. Right, exactly. So just want to kind of touch on what some of their summer projects are, not all of them, but some of them, and you may hear about them referenced a little bit in the new movie as well, um, and they reference it throughout the mm -hmm. series. Very meta. Very meta. So um, the first one actually is the first one, which is, building a giant roller coaster and um, they actually do it multiple times. They actually have several episodes on it. And one of them is a musical, which is hysterical. Mm -hmm. um, but that is their initial uh, verb. I know what we're going to do today. Yes. So 
And another one that, again, they also reference in other times is they built a time machine, a very functioning time machine, and they utilize it to go back into time, forward into time. And it's, again, it's just, it's smart humor of how they do that and Mm -hmm. how they reference it in, uh, you know, in future episodes as well. And uh, little things will even pop up, like I was watching one episode the other day, Uh and something that was... That happened. I think it was actually the roller coaster, the musical, uh-huh. because it had happened after this time machine episode. There was a little thing in the parking lot that, if you look in the background, you see it. And I'm not going to give it away in case you watch these episodes. But if you look out there, you're like, oh, that came from that one of the time oh, time episodes. You can kind of see funny. it in the background of the parking right. lot. It's really fun. Yes. Um, they build a shrinking machine, and uh, it actually had a purpose to try to help Isabella actually with something going on in, in her life with one of her, with her pet, um, but ends up that they are in Candace. Right. Starting <laughs> to the center of Candace. Yes. Uh, she eats a sandwich that they're in and, and now they're in her. Yeah. And that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, they build a portal to Mars. Yes. And, uh, and again, Candace is, gets in the trap all the yeah, time. She gets sucked into a lot she, of these things. Yes. Often. So not only is she frustrated because she's trying to bust her brothers, but then she gets sucked into what their activity is. And it, it's something that she has to deal with now yeah, on, usually on a unex- personal level. Usually unexpected, like the boys didn't plan for it to happen, but right. because of the fact that she's trying to bust them or she's like looking in on things and she ends up getting sucked into this or putting into a rocket or whatever the case right. may be. Right, exactly. And so like when uh, she walks in, accidentally walks into the portal to Mars, she does end up being... The Queen of Mars. Yes. <laughs> As you'd would. And similarly, did I say that right? Anyway. So Close enough. Yeah. Not, um, again, another <laughs> tough word to say. Yes. Similarly. Especially when you're not feeling well. Like I, I, I my sinus, I'm like, am I hearing myself right? I mess up similarly, regularly. Wow. Like say it very slowly. Very good. <laughs> Enunciate. Yes. Uh, they build a giant ant farm and she goes into that ant farm and becomes the queen of... That ant she becomes farm. the queen of lots of different yes. people and species, for right. sure. But not always do, do the things that she gets involved in work so smoothly for herself. They build a video game, you know, and she ends up in that. And that's not, she's not queen there. She's struggling with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, they build an entire beach in their backyard. It looks like the ocean there. Um, and then the, the last one that wanted to mention is they build a growth elixir and... <laughs> Candace gets involved in that because she wants to get taller so she could be considered the right height to be a model. Mm-hmm. So again, tying in some of those other elements of, you know, body image and mm-hmm. acceptance, et cetera, and, and how it turns out is really great. Yes, for sure. So now, as we mentioned, there are a lot of great songs. It's hard to narrow it down to a small amount. Yeah, we actually started this episode. My first pitch for us to do a Phineas and Ferb episode was our five favorite right. Phineas and Ferb songs. But we thought it'd be better to more explore the show itself than just go through the music. Exactly. But we do want to share a couple of them. And um, there's reason to also, one being favorites of ours, Um but also they are important in storyline and it may get referenced in the movie. So the first one we want to talk about is actually called Hey Ferb. And it is comes from the remake of the roller coaster 
only as a musical. And in this episode, they actually are saying it's a remake. They're not trying to say, oh, let's think back of that. They're going to redo it, but now in musical format. I know what we're going to do today, though it might sound just a bit cliche. We can build a roller coaster, but this time with songs and dancing. Cause when we're back in school come next September, and they ask us we can both remember. Every cool and clever thing we did all summer long and glancing. That we're gonna be so glad that we didn't sit all day and watch TV. I don't think anyone can disagree, though. Not only is that a funny song, and it you know does explain a lot of things of their storyline, but if you're when you're watching this uh, particular episode of Phineas and Ferb, is they're actually singing this song, and they're in costume in sets of Hollywood movies, right. you know, like classic movies, yeah. like Singing in the Rain and um, King and I, right? Yeah, uh, just several musicals because this is the roller coaster, the musical, musical right? Yeah. So um, again, kind of laughing at themselves, you know, and again, great choreography there as well. Um, one of the things I didn't mention and that is a little funny piece of it is Ferb, who is the stepbrother who comes from England, um, really is a, a man of little words. Right. Um, so he, that's why you don't hear a lot of, of Ferb dialogue. Uh, it's always Phineas, the one that is initiating the but conversation. When, when Ferb speaks, it's almost always poignant in some way, right, shape, or exactly, form. Exactly, exactly. Um, the next song that is also a great song um, it, it comes from an episode where it's um, their parents' anniversary. And they, this is one of the ones where the brothers, as well as Candace, are going to work together to regroup a band that is their parents' favorite band, like an 80s-style band. That broke up. That had broken up, and they all had, you know, the, the, all, the band players had all gone their separate ways. Um, and so... There's this plot to get them together so that they can perform on a stage in the backyard. Right. <laughs> and uh, a big, As you would. Yes, a big production. And, and this is one that even though it is a big production and, and everything that Candace uh, does not, who, I guess I should say she chooses not to bust her brothers and allow it to happen because of the love that she has for her parents and that she got really joy out of doing this with her brothers. It was it was something that brought her a lot of fun. So um, this is when they're first starting to get the band together. They go to a library because that's where one of the band members ended up being a librarian. And this one is called Ain't Got Rhythm. 
saying that you don't have rhythm. But listen what you're doing right there. With that stamp and a book, you got a real nice hook. Sounds to me like you got rhythm to spare. I have no idea what you're talking about. I've got as much rhythm as that chair. What happened to me was a tragedy. But I don't have to be a millionaire. Look, I got a sweet deal going on here. I got all the books that I can read. All these sweet old ladies in this carpet from the 80s. What more could a librarian need? Besides, I ain't got rhythm. No, I ain't got rhythm. Said I ain't got rhythm. I ain't got rhythm. You're kidding me, right? You're, you're kidding me. Don't you see what you were doing right then? That's a wicked groove you were starting to move. Mister, you got rhythm times ten. I think perhaps that you're not listening. I find it tedious to repeat. It's no big drum, I just can't keep time. I'm telling you, I lost the beat. I don't need my face on t-shirt or hit a power chord guitar. They were screaming my name, I guess it's a shame. But I don't need to be a rock star. Besides, I ain't got rhythm. No, I ain't got rhythm. Go join the band. So good. It is good. Uh, so, you know, again, all those percussion sounds in the library are hilarious. And I, I don't know for sure. I've never heard this in an interview, but. I remember the first time I saw that episode and that library scene reminded me of the music man where mm. there's a scene where the kids are in the library and, you know, they're dancing and things mm -hmm. like that. And that's what's happening here. You know, I know this is a, a podcast where you're just seeing, you're just hearing it and you're not seeing the episode, but you know, people are tapping their feet and, you know, tapping books and right. everything. So uh, kind of very, I, I would, wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of one of their, um, you know, images that they, they kind of drew from. And that was Swampy. Yeah, so. Swampy is the character's name, which right. is taken after Swampy Marsh, who is one of the writers. The other one, the other members of Love Handle are Dan, who is Dan Povenmire, right. who is uh, also obviously one of the creators and writers. And then Bobby, who the song that I played early on, as I said that for you know, putting up for submission for my pirate video, right. which was fabulous, um, is another writer. The the person that would that was taken off mm -hmm. is another writer uh, who actually sung that song. Ain't got rhythm is Steve Zahn, who you may know from the movie That Thing You Do. He's the guitarist right. and sometimes background singer. Some he doesn't sing one lead song in right. there, but uh, if you know him, from, you may know him. He's done several movies, but That Thing You Do may be the most. 
popular one that he's done. Right. But I, I, one thing I love about that song also is the fact that it, 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 you can hear as the excitement grows, as he realizes more and more that he can't, he does have rhythm. Right. That the keys change, the key keeps changing and going up as the excitement builds. Right. Uh, and it does build the song. It's a, it's, it's really well done. That whole episode, uh, we may talk a little more about that. That whole episode is magnificent. Yes, yes. Um, we could delve into any one episode and have true. a whole podcast episode but um so that made this this doing a, a broad spectrum of the the series very challenging to narrow things down and be within a a, a reasonable time frame to do an episode for us uh so the the last song of our favorites there is going to be a little bit more music coming up but the last song of one of our favorites um is called Evil Boys, E-V-I-L-B-O-Y-S. Um, in this episode, um, they're building a circus. It's kind of built uh, on the concept of Cirque du Soleil um, idea. And they're going to build this circus in the backyard. And obviously, Candace wants to bust them for that. Uh, however, her boyfriend brings over a basket of um, vegetables. And it has parsnips, which she is highly allergic to. Maybe that's why I'm having allergy problems today. I'm, I'm zoning in on my Candace side there here. No parsnips in the house. <laughs> I'm actually not allergic to those. But anyways, um, and, you know, obviously they're going to exaggerate the elements of her, her allergies. But uh, she does have some issue with her voice um and now she feels she needs to hide herself so her boyfriend doesn't recognize her as the one with this deep new voice as a result of her allergies and she puts a paper bag over her head and she leaves she's, she also turns beet red yes yeah. <laughs> and uh so she ends up still trying to go over to tell her mom what's going on in the backyard that she's got to come check out because the boys are doing things wrong and uh so she does it via song Have you been near the wild parsnips again? Yes, but you gotta see what Phineas and Ferb are doing. What is it now? Those boys are always up to something. And it's bringing me to tears, cause just before you get home, it always just magically disappears. Those boys are evil. But before you get home, they somehow always clean up the mess. Those boys are evil. Let me spell it out for your mom. E-V-I-L-B-O-Y-S. A roller coaster and a beach in the backyard Drove cattle through the city and messed up the boulevard They took me back in time when we went to that museum They built 50 foot treehouse robots but still you didn't see them Those boys are evil The crazy shenanigans caused me all kinds of distress Those boys are evil E-V-I-L-B-O-I-S I know you think the saints But mom, I'm here to tell The B-O-I-S They're just E-V-I-L Those boys are evil They're making me feel like my head's in a hydraulic press And that don't feel too good Those boys are evil Everybody E-V-I-L-B-O-I-S That's what I about 
such a creative way to to continue that storyline of, you know, trying to get her mom to come home to see what the boys are doing, you know, and, and how frustrated she gets that they've done all these crazy things in the past. She still hasn't been able to see them. Um, you know, she hasn't gotten her mom to see those things happening. And she's, you know, again, pleading for her mom to come. Yeah. Listing various things that we discussed, uh, you right. know, again, meta, uh, part of the show of going back and listing all these various things that have already happened in other episodes. Um, so good. Uh, sung by Dan Povenmire, again, right. one of the creators of the show. He, he was in that interview and he claimed like, I'm the only other person who has voiced Candace besides Ashley Tisdale <laughs> when he did the evil, uh, evil boys song. Um, so, but you know, looking back at just the three songs we just played, uh, you can see they're all different genres. Right. Evil Boys, obviously blues. Ain't got rhythm, a little bit more of a rock and roll kind right. of thing. And then Hey Fur, more of a show tune. You know? right. So uh, you can just see, and that's just three songs. Right. Um, again, all the songs run the various different genres yes. uh, of music. So many different ones. There's rap, there's reggae, there's all there's sorts country of country yeah. and western. And there's some... Um, well, heavy metal music. Right. There is classic ballads, right. rock ballads. And the, their their talent is just phenomenal yeah. of how they can really capture all different types of essence of music. So, um, really, really fun, fun. And so, want to talk a little bit about this episode mm -hmm. here. You you started a, a little bit uh, earlier when you said that was our first experience with watching Phineas and Ferb. Uh, I think it was just one of those, we had nothing to watch and, you know, we we're like, eh. I hey, think it was just trying to go to bed or something. We're up with anything Star Wars. It's not Star Wars. Right, oh, okay, right. Okay, let's yeah. check it out. Right. And so uh, I think it was playing on Disney XD or something like that. And it was about to start. And we were, eh, all right, let's check it out. Um, it is uh, different in that it is a one hour special. Um, and, uh, they first announced that they were going to be doing this episode actually at Comic-Con in San Diego in 2013. Um, and so that I'm sure was an exciting panel time to be on. And uh, Disney released a five song soundtrack from this movie. So, uh, you know, it really was, you know, like a, a mini movie for sure. Uh, some really interesting things, at least from when I was researching it, the uh, opening crawl is voiced by Jim Cummings. Mm. So uh, we know him from many things. Many with... things. Always <laughs> many things. Yeah, in Star Wars. Right. For that exactly. Um, that they actually did take um, scenes from A New Hope, and they—I want to say this correctly—they directly rotoscoped it into animation. Wow. So cool. um, yeah, they really—you know—I um, did see somewhere in an interview where um, where Dan, when Disney bought you know, the Lucasfilm mm -hmm. uh, ability to, to show those films that Dan right away sent a message to Disney saying, I see a Phineas and Ferb episode <laughs> coming up. So it's exciting that they actually made it a, a, a one hour episode. Um, there's a lot of amazing details. If you're a lover of Star Wars, watching this episode. Um, and again, it was our first time watching it. We loved it after seeing it. Um, and it inspired us to actually watch a few episodes right, of Phineas and Ferb exactly. when we fell in love with it. Exactly. But uh, one example is they do have a scene where there is uh, a band, like a cantina band playing. Um, but they have electric guitars. But on the neck of the um, guitar are the little... Um, what do you call them? 
clue horns. <laughs> it's part of the actual <laughs> guitar right. that they have that on there. Um, so a lot of little details like that, mm -hmm. that that they use. And again, showing in, in the Phineas and Ferb series how they really uh, pay homage to a lot in their, their episodes. Um, the Death Star schematics have three prominent things written in Arbesh, Arbesh, Gosh, I can't talk today. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to give you a pass. Thank your you. allergies are going Thank crazy. You. Yes. Um, and interestingly, I'm not, and I'm going to read what they say, but I remember when we were watching it, we did pause to, to look right. at it and translate yes. it and then cracked up because of what the translations were. So it, the, the things that it said is, um, you got a joke no one else did. <laughs> If you have paused this and translated this into English, congratulations. And now go impress your friends. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. <laughs> but we, it's so funny that we actually did this. And then when we saw it, we just, it just right. cracked us up. So um, there's also another unique connection between Perry and Captain Rex from Star Wars. And that is, it's the same voice. It's D. Bradley Baker. Right. So yeah. another good Star Wars connection. T Bradley, one of D. Bradley Baker's deeper roles. You know, <laughs> oh, I can't even do it. You know, that noise that he makes for Perry the Platypus. Exactly. So, um, and again, uh, they obviously are, they, as I mentioned, they have songs. We're going to play one of them in just a second. Um, there's a, a little bit of a difference that um, Phineas and Ferb have with Luke. They are on Tatooine. Um, they're in the, the dairy farm right next to Luke. <laughs> um, but they actually see, um, they love staying on Tatooine. They see a lot of potential with it. And so they bring that out in this song. Slice of heaven tucked between the Jutland waste and the big dune sea. We can surf through the canyons or train a pack of dew bags, build a giant hamster, have a tactical womp, rats, or fire up our solar powered sandcastle making machine. We're on Tatooine. Yeah, we're living like kings out here. We got a two sun summer to hold on here. Cruising Beggars Canyon in our T 16 or just sitting on a rock eating blue ice cream. Racing turbo dust bikes, trading with the Jawas. Tricking out a droid or souping up the bars for a trip round Anchorhead Towers. We can stop along the way and startle Tusken Raiders and still be home in time to fix the bad Raiders. I think you know exactly what we mean. Yeah, we're living like kings out here. We got a Tucson summer to hold on here. Cruising Beggars Canyon in our T16 or just sitting on a Tatooine. Oh, we love it. Oh, we love it here in Tatooine. We love Tatooine. Oh, we love it here in 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 Tatooine. Oh
So, again, I know being very repetitive here, a great song. Uh, their lyrics are brilliant, and it really is worth listening to them and listening to them again. And, I mean, every reference you can imagine mm-hmm. they put in a song, and that, you know, I think really highlights that, that if you're a Star Wars lover, you got everything that they said, and it was all very poignant, and it all, again, it helped drive the story, because at the base of it all, they're talking about a two-sun summer, which their whole storyline is about summer vacation. Right. And again, uh, you know, so far, if you count the the opening theme uh, as far as songs, we've played six different songs, and none of them sound the same. I mean, yes, maybe Phineas is singing, so right. we get a little bit of the same voice or whatever, but as far as uh, how the song goes, the lyrics of it, essentially, the tune itself, the genre of it, they all are a bit different. Right. You know, and, and this song, I think, really uh, reflects what we were saying, that it's smart humor. It's on different levels. You know, obviously, a little kid might not really pick up on all the little details about, you know, being home in time to fix the evaporators and blue ice cream or, you know, all, all, all the things about racing and Jawas, etc. But if you're a Star Wars lover, you got every single thing that they said and it was line after line after line mm-hmm. and they make these references so and that's the type of humor that you do see it you know it has some funny things that the kids can definitely and definitely imagery kids can attach attach themselves to and love um but again this this song was not written for kids right you know so. it's people, for people who love i mean yes you know a lot of kids love star wars they'll get all the references right. but for those of us who grew up Watching a new hope, uh, right? You know, I mean, it's all references that you get, and exactly. So it's, it's brings you back to your own childhood, right? A little bit. So, um, just want to go to through a few more things on you know, a newbie prep for watching the new movie coming out. And so, one way, uh, you know, hopefully is listening to our podcast that can kind of help get you introduced to some of the characters, a little bit of their backstory, so you understand what's going on the, in the, the flow of what their stories are usually like. Um, but there are some episodes that you might want to watch. Um, obviously, one of them, which we talked about now, was Star Wars, uh, watching the roller coaster episode, especially the musical one, because I think you get a little bit more explained in that because of the music. <laughs> um, and another one that we referenced earlier is Summer Belongs to You. Um, and again, that's that one is also a little longer. Um, but I think those, if you could only watch one or two, I would pick from those. And that could give you a good introduction. Right. I, I would also suggest uh, getting the band back together, I think, is a is an important one to right. watch as far as just musically. As if I've played, played two of the songs uh, from it already. Right, you right. Know, it's, just, it's a really great episode, and you don't need to know quite as much about the show to enjoy that episode, I think. Right. Um, there's some episodes that I think you need to have watched a few more uh, to kind of get the humor and get... Right everything that all the meta stuff that's involved in it right right um but there are some others that we would highly recommend Mm -hmm. as well if you haven't seen them or haven't seen all of them um unfair science fair Mm -hmm. is one of them that's where candace becomes the queen of mars um mom's birthday and that one will definitely tug at your heart Mm -hmm. Um, a lawn gnome beach party of terror. <laughs> what a great title! I know. Else, right? <laughs> uh, don't even blink. That one is hilarious, and that was one of the songs that we, I, I almost included on our list here today. Um, in that episode, 
And one of the things that's really funny is that Phineas and Ferb have no problem with Candace trying to show what they're doing to their mom. You know, I'm sure there's probably pride associated with that. They don't see it as that they're going to get in trouble as a result of this. They're just like proud of what they've done. Look at this cool stuff we've made. Right. So they're willing to even help her in her quest to get them their, their, inventions shown to their mother and there's one where they build um like a rocket ship kind of ride though Mm -hmm. in the backyard and uh, one of the things that candace is saying is that it's when you're all finished these things go away so let's sit here and watch it (laughs) until their mom gets home so that they can bring her out and um and that's where it's don't even blink and it's Mm -hmm. got a another great song in there but all of the you know, Phineas and Ferb, their friends that are there helping, they're all sitting there watching and looking at this thing to try to figure out. Cause I mean, that is something that they find curious too. It's like, where do these things all go? Why are they already just disappeared? Right. Um, as you mentioned, getting the band together in jerk de soleil, which is, um, the one we talked about before. So, um, I have just a few closing remarks, but I don't know if you have anything else to add. Um, you know, kind of like the the present and the future. Um, there, in addition to Phineas and Ferb, the writers also did a crossover of Phineas and Ferb with the Milo Murphy's Law, mm-hmm. uh, and in that animated uh, cartoon, it has um, Weird Al Yankovic in that, and he stars, he stars in that, yeah. right? And he'll have a little piece we understand of the new movie. He'll be somewhat in that. Um, in a recent interview on D23, uh, with D23, that uh, the writers did share that there is hope for more Phineas and Ferb in the future. It didn't sound like necessarily another series coming back, but maybe either another crossover or possibly another movie or some kind of special show or whatever. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just really thrilled that it's, it's already five years since Phineas and Ferb ended and they came up with a movie. And um, again, we also heard, uh, or I heard in an interview that they were really pleased that Disney did bring their group back together, um, but also really, you know, made sure that they had the financial support to make a great product, Mm -hmm. that they didn't feel like it was going to cut corners or anything like that, just to have something out there that they really let, you know, these great artists come together and produce something that they are proud of. Um, And um, the other thing is, um, if you really haven't watched, all I can say is give it a chance. Don't be like me, where it's like, oh, they look ridiculous. It it really is something that is very enjoyable. Right. And, and don't just watch one show. It's like any show, especially if like maybe you just watch the, the pilot, which is the roller coaster mm-hmm. episode. Uh, you know, if you just watch one show and that's your only chance you give it, uh, that might, you know, it might not do it for you. Give it, you know, three, four, five episodes. Mm-hmm. So all the recurring jokes and recurring themes right. uh, can kick in for you because it, it's like any other show. It also grew, you know, it started off and it was good to begin with, but it gets better and better as they go through the seasons. Right. And um, this year's Comic-Con at Home did have uh, a panel where they brought uh, a lot of the people together to talk about it. So that might be something also that you mm-hmm. might want to be interested in seeing um, whether as to prep to get to see kind of the behind the scenes people who are involved in this and, you know, some of the voice actors. Um, or if you already know the series, it's kind of fun hearing their stories. Right. And, you know, they, they do touch on, you know, some some of the, the 
original history of the series, some of their their own favorite episodes or parts to it. Um, and one of the things I did hear shared in that, and they didn't go into detail, but what they did say is that Candace's name does mean something, and that's going to come out in the new movie. Right. So, so a little cool. tease for so that. I'm very excited for that this week. Very right. excited. So anything that you think that needs to be covered here? No, I think you did a really good job, and I think we discussed most everything I think about the show. I think it hits on so many different levels. Again, give it uh, – it's very binge-worthy show. Um, watch several episodes. Don't just give it one, um, you know, because there's so many things are – there's so much meta humor. There's so many recurring jokes that go through it that come up again right. and again the and pop again. pop culture references. Yeah, so many different themes. Uh, you want to – you know, maybe the episode doesn't have the song that hits your genre of music, but wait three or four episodes you'll find a song that hits the music you like um and you know the, you know, the interesting lyrics and they're very rewatchable episodes as well because right. there are a lot of things that will flash by you little uh, you know visual gags or little lines in songs right. or just little uh, lines of dialogue that you may not catch the first time but the second or third time through it'll make you laugh exactly so so um give it a chance for sure yeah and enjoy. Yes. Yes. So Michelle always does a great job with this. And we <laughs> love Phineas and Ferb. We hope that you love it too, or that you will learn to love it. And we hope that you'll love Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace Against the Universe, which we're very excited yes. about. We are actually going to get a chance to watch it. Thanks to D23 and us being D23 Gold members, we're going to get a chance to watch it on Thursday, the 27th. Uh, so once we watch it, it'll probably be in the evening time. Uh, we will tweet out our, our initial you know, uh, thoughts on right, it. And then, right. of course, we'll talk about about more of it on the episode coming up that week and what exactly. we'll maybe give a little bit more of a review. So right. very excited. So thanks, Michelle. Great oh, job. As likewise. always, Michelle always does the best <laughs> job of these subjects. And to take us out on our Phineas and Ferb appreciation episode, ladies and gentlemen, Love Handle. Together and even more when we were apart. You tiptoed in and you got under my skin. You snuck your way right into my heart.
so funny how much we've fallen in love with that show, you know, when we had no interest in it for so many years right. and now it's just one of our favorite all-time shows. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, and again, if you haven't seen it, you know, give it a try. Give it a few episodes. Right. Don't just don't just watch it one. Don't just one watch one and judge it by one. Watch a few of them. Right. I think the one I think and we might have said it in that episode um was watching the Star Wars film. It, you know, it was a little longer than a regular episode. Um, but it wasn't like a movie movie, but it was so cute. And there are so many great Easter eggs in it. Yeah. I, I think one, if you're going to try one out and just search it on Disney plus is getting the band back together. I think it's a really mm-hmm. great episode as you like maybe your first episode to right. kind of uh, get a piece of what it's all about. I think that's that has some great music. It has some um, great information actually in the episode. There's some learning. There's a lot of family, good family notes mm-hmm. that come like, you know, that you get from Phineas and Ferb. I just think it's a really quality episode. You are correct on that recommendation, honey. <laughs> it's great and love the music, love the characters in it. And, uh, you know, it's just it's fantastic. Absolutely. So uh, let's go ahead and get to our Disney stories of the week. More importantly, let's get to Michelle's Disney stories of the week. You know, she has the best research. She always <laughs> has the best lists. She definitely has the best Disney stories of the week. So Michelle, what's going on in the Disney world this week? All right. Well, uh, an adventure with a capital A is on its way to Disneyland Paris. Uh, this from the Disney Parks blog is starting July 20th. Avengers Campus at Disneyland Paris is the next key milestone in their multi-year transformation plan of the Walt Disney Studios Park and represents the resort's next level of exceptional guest experiences. So on this campus created by Tony Stark's (laughs) is the place for the next generation of superheroes to be discovered, recruited, and trained. And in that campus, it includes two action-packed attractions. First, Spider-Man Web W-E-B adventure where recruits of all ages are invited to team up with Spidey to help capture the out-of-control spider bots, Peter Parker's robot sidekick, before they wreak havoc on the campus. I don't know. I think it's after they wreak havoc or while they're wrecking havoc. Right. It's... uh, it is really fantastic. Yeah, that's Web Slingers, even though it's got a slightly different title right, to it. Yeah. Right, so um, so much fun. And, and and who usually wins in our family? <laughs> who always wins? Well, no, actually, I won no. the very first time we did it, and then after that, it's been all Michelle. She <laughs> shuts me out every time in that Web Slingers. It's the only time that I get to win. So, um, And then the second one is recruits can blast off to space on Avengers Assemble Flight Force. And this one is exclusive to Disneyland Paris. Avengers Assemble Flight Force is ever every thrill seeker's dream. Here recruits will be briefed by Iron Man, equipped with a Mark 80 armor for his mission. And they join not only Iron Man, but Captain Marvel herself on a mission through space in a vehicle Stark is equipped with a homing device to lure the threat away from Earth. Together, you may be able to help save the world from an intergalactic threat. Now, to satisfy the hunger hero can experience, there are two great spots in Avengers Campus coming to Disneyland Paris. There will be the Pim's Kitchen that will offer a variety of food at size-defying scales and a buffet of amusingly sized mains and desserts. 
all prepared by a team of super smart chefs using Ant-Man and the Wasp Pim particles for shrinking and growing the food, which we've seen similarly mm-hmm. at Disney California Adventure Park. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of this is very reminiscent of what we experience at, at uh, DCA, for sure. Right, but I like that they're going to have a buffet as well, so mm. that's pretty cool. That is nice. Yeah. Um, always love a buffet. Always. And then there's a Stark Factory for heroes who have an appetite for invention and pizza, pasta, and salad. <laughs> invention and, and pizza, pizza go together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, For sure. Again, from the Disney Parks blog. Um, so the Stark fa- Factory is a quick service kitchen and high-tech workspace where superheroes can come to build and repair, repair their gear. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That all sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to someday when we get the chance to going out there to Disneyland Paris once again and comparing uh, the Avengers campuses, you know, since we we, we love uh, the one at Disney California Adventure Park. Um, it's one of our favorite spots. Um, you know, moving to Florida, we're a little disappointed that yeah. we won't get to see that as often as we were having the chance to over the last uh, year since it's opened. Sure. Um, but uh, it's it's going to be exciting to see what uh, the Disneyland Paris version of it's like. I've seen they already had a media event this mm-hmm. week, and um, I know that I believe they're doing some soft openings right. and some people are getting some chances to visit. But it looks really cool. Um, I'm sure they took some lessons that they learned from Disney California Adventure Park right. and even made it that much better. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I, I think it was around the same time, uh, July, when when Disney California Adventure Park opened their Avengers Campus. And we were there for day one. And wow, you know, it, there were a lot of opportunities. We had a, a, an amazing time, but certainly there were... There were challenges that the the cast members were having to deal with. And like you said, I'm sure they they learned from that for this second Avengers campus opening up. Yep. Very cool. Doing a lot of stuff at Disneyland Paris. It's growing. It's getting better. Can't wait for our next visit uh, to France to check it out. Yeah. So the next thing that's really exciting is Zombeats with a Z. Bash is coming to Downtown Disney and Disney Springs this summer. Again, from Disney Parks blog is Zombeats Bash is a 20-minute stage show event and a dance-filled event featuring music from some favorite Disney Channel films like Zombies and Zombie 2, plus some of the newest addition to the series, Zombies 3, which will premiere on July 15th at Disney Plus and August 12th on the Disney Channel. That's cool. You know, we have never seen the zombies movies, but we do like a lot of the zombies songs when they do come on, yeah. like some of our streaming services, uh, you know, for listening to music or whatever. And they pop up when we're listening to Disney. And we're like, oh, that's that's a cool song. Yeah. And I think this has got our um, uh, Lorelai's name written all over it, you know, for an activity. But anyways, you'll get to try out some zombie dance moves, sing along favorite songs and snap a picture with Zombies 3 inspired photo wall during the DJ hosted event. So you can come in costume and bam to the music. Love it. Love <laughs> I it. know. So uh, you'll have the chance to get, as I mentioned, the fun at both Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World. Zim- Zom Beats Bash will take place at Downtown Disney Live Stage at 2 p.m., 3 p.m., and 4 p.m. in Anaheim, July 29th through 31st, and evenings at Disney Springs Advent Health Water 
Waterside Stage in Florida, August 5th through the 14th. So you don't even have to pay anything extra more than just, right. you know, um, like at uh, downtown Disney, you have to pay for parking or whatever. But, um, you know, they, they it's just... Yeah, just some, you don't need fun. a park ticket to go check out and have a little Disney zombie fun. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it's going to be really, really great. So looking forward to actually us trying it out uh, out here in August. So now, as I mentioned before, who else has been missing those fabulous hugs? Oh, I'm getting a little teary eyed <laughs> um, from Disney characters while enjoying a magical meal. I know we have. Um, well, you're in luck because the time has come for even more character dining experiences to make their grand return. Get ready for some hugs, laughs, and lasting memories because here are the places getting character dining back soon. On September 20th, some friends from the 100 Acre Wood will be rejoining the celebratory feasting for lunch and dinner at Crystal Palace, a buffet with character featuring Winnie the Pooh and friends. At Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, get ready for some relaxing vibes as you treat yourself to some breakfast classics at the Ohana Best Friends Breakfast featuring Lilo and Stitch coming back on September 27th. And nothing beats getting some love from everyone's favorite mischievous friend, Stitch, to start out your day. So get your hugs as you also enjoy tasty treats with the pineapple coconut breakfast bread and Mickey waffles. Mm, yum. And then over at Disney's Beach Club Resort, you'll find Cape May Cafe, Cafe serving up some tasty eats in an all-you-care-to-enjoy buffet and on October 4th, the Cape May Cafe Minis Beach Bash Breakfast will be making its exciting return. So have some fun with Disney friends as you enjoy your morning morning favorites at this feast, including mouth-watering salted caramel beach buns. Mm. Mm. So fuel up for your day right with the unforgettable character in dishes. That's great. It's so great to see uh, so many more things continue to return. Um, you know, character breakfast is such a big deal, especially for the little ones, but even even us, the little ones inside, right. you know, I mean, I love a character meal where you get, because you'd yes, um, there is a fee involved that's maybe more than your average breakfast or whatever, but it's really a great way to get a lot of characters in a short amount of time and get access to them. You know? Right, right. And to be able to, you know, have that, closeness with them again and you know i'm i'm expecting that autographs will be available as well so. yeah very fun very yeah. fun so that's our news stories for the week very nice michelle's disney stories of the week always the best <laughs> disney stories of the week that's it for them however we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation and just like when we did with the disney stories of the week well we have to go back to michelle for this because <laughs> She does. She has the best Disney stories. She has the best lists. She does the best research, but we all know she definitely has the best tips. <laughs> so let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Well, my tip here is just to make sure um, you're in the know about age requirements that could avoid some disappointment if you're trying to send your kids off to the parks alone or without an adult. Um, because you don't want them to be turned away or anything like that. So just be aware that children under the age of 14 must be accompanied by a guest aged 14 or older to enter Disneyland and Walt Disney World parks um, and water parks. 
And to board attractions, children under seven must be accompanied by a person also age 14 or older. So just, you know, um, like I said, sometimes when you're, you know, as a family at the, at the uh, resort and the kids want to go off on their own, just keep in mind that 14 and over is kind of requirement for accompanying younger ones. Yeah, something important. Because sometimes, you know, especially the kids around that age, they'll be thinking, hey, you know, I'm basically an adult. I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to go to the park myself. And uh, you you have an automatic, you you can't do that because they won't let you in if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. so just want to avoid that uh, disappointment for anybody. So, and like I mentioned, that also includes the water parks. Very good. Michelle's tip, always (laughs) the best tip. Uh, my tip for this week is just simple. Look, Michelle and I have been apart for a month or so, and it's so good to be back together. But um, I'm relating that into your trips to Disney, whether it be for a full week, whether it be for a day, whatever. Just take advantage of that time, that family time together. Take all the pictures, act goofy, enjoy yourself because you don't know when you're going to be apart from each other right. for like a month and you won't get to see each other. Plus, you know, taking all these pictures and having those goofy moments and it's what really what sets your memories for the future, you know, because eventually the kids are going to grow up. They're going to go away to school. They're going to go live their own lives. Right. But you'll have all these pictures, you'll have all these memories, all that stuff. That's what going to Disney and having these fun family vacations is all about. So like I said, it may seem a little silly at times, wearing the matching shirts, going and doing some funny photos, going to a zombie dance party (laughs) or whatever it may be. But who cares? Enjoy it. They're going to be some of the best memories you're going to have for the rest of your life. Yes. And remember, quality over quantity. You know, having, you know, just... Parts of the day where you're really, whether you're in the parks or water parks or, you know, you know, together in that regards is, you know, needs to be spaced because if you try to do it all at once, you're just going to wear out and your memories won't be as maybe wonderful as they could be. Yeah, I will always say this and I know it's easy if, you, you know, for monetary purposes to just say, oh, yeah, go ahead and spend an extra day, you know, at the parks or spend an extra day at a resort or whatever. But I do find there's value in having an extra day or two or whatever it is for your vacation to try and take those parks in more at a leisurely pace. Don't feel like, okay, we're going to be there for four days. We have to do everything. We have to do one park a day and do everything in each park during four days because, the value won't be there for you. You'll wear out. The kids will wear out. And it, it, it just, it, it won't be your best vacation that you would hope for most likely. Whereas if you took a day in between and just kind of relaxed, went to Disney Springs, went resort hopping or whatever, had a chance to recharge your batteries. Yes, it's more money financially for you, but I think it really pays off value wise in what your experience will be for your entire trip. Right. And if you really feel like you want to save some of that money, you know, maybe just say, okay, we're not in this trip. We're not going to do every park. We're going to exclude one park and look for the future to, to do that one. I mean, we've, we've made that mistake over and over, even with, um, you know, people and family that, you know, are in great shape and can endure a lot of time. It's, it, you know, you can push too much and then 
the the overlasting memory is not as pleasant. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants that. You don't want to be there th- day three, day four, and just your legs hurt, your whole body hurts. Right. It's been hot. Everybody's tired. They're not sleeping enough. They're whiny. They're dehydrated. <laughs> um, I mean, really, you just you just it's better to try and have a little time. You know, again, this is not everybody. Not everything is right for everybody. But I that is what I will swear by every single time. Right. Good tip, baby. Thanks. So that's it for this week. Next week, well, I think at least one of us, maybe both of us, mm. might be heading out to Epcot for the Epcot International Food and yeah, Wine Festival. Yeah, opening day. Yeah, so we're going to give it a shot, see how it goes. I think Michelle is definitely going. Mm-hmm. I am right now scheduled for that day off, so I might be going too. Yeah. Hoping that's the case because we'll be back and telling you what our experience was with opening day of Food and Wine. Yeah, hoping to share with you some of the new tasting offerings that they have this year and maybe some of our favorites from the past. Right. And we haven't forgot about that environmental Disney episode. We are going to still do that probably right. I think in, a in two weeks. couple weeks yeah. but because food and wine, because we did the best of this week and because food and wine is coming up and we want to talk about that next week, um, a couple weeks, we'll, we'll do that one in a couple weeks. Yep. So uh, we appreciate that you listen today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on <laughs> our own website. Say, you're talking really fast Podcast.com. <laughs> I've been delivering mail. I was like, I got to get it out. I got to get these packages delivered. I've been doing everything fast. It's hard to slow down. Podcast.com. And while you're there, please sign out for the newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. It's going to have a nice little Michelle flair to it coming up very, very soon. You're going to want to check that out for sure. Uh, another great way to be involved with us is on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Yes, and if you're already there, please tell a friend or family member about that. Yeah, everybody come on in for that good, positive energy. Uh, also, we have a YouTube channel. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> that is Hyperion Adventures Podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. <laughs> They've listened to the show enough. They know what it is. <laughs> I did it at the opening, too. I know, I know. I'm just having fun with you. I know, I know. So that's it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. <laughs>